Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Christian. Welcome to I'm Dying to Tell You, inspiration shared by our mom who is dying from ALS. There is no cure for our mom or anyone else with ALS, but right now she's on a mission to find and share stories of inspiration. Coming to you from Cincinnati, Ohio, we're happy to introduce the one lady we both love since the first day we laid eyes on her, the queen of the Queen City, our mom, your host, Lori. Hello, I'm Lori, your host of I'm Dying to Tell You. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you all. I created this podcast when I hit my 15-year mark living with ALS. I wanted to share stories of inspiration. I wanted to share people that lift me up and that keep me moving forward while living with a fatal disease that doesn't have a cure. And I'm talking to two amazing women today. And one of them I'm meeting for the very first time, and that is Meredith Atwood, formerly known as Swim Bike Mom. Uh, She's an attorney and author of two books. And for time, Iron Man triathlete, and she's a mom of two teenagers. My other guest today is my dear friend and ALS warrior, Andrea Pete. That name might sound familiar. Well, I talk about her a lot. <laughs> and I also had her on this podcast about 20, 21 months ago, talking to her and her husband, Dave when she was just about ready to finish doing 50 marathons in 50 states while living with ALS. She's amazing. She's my inspiration on every day that ends in Y. And she is the reason that I just completed a 400-mile ride on my trike. She's the one that inspired me to get a trike, to try new things, and to find a way to do whatever was in my heart. Okay, this lady never stops. And today I'm talking to Andrea, Andrea Pete, and Meredith Atwood, who have co authored Andrea's brand new book, not even out yet, but you can order it now. And it is called Hope Fights Back. Hope Fights Back. So I've got them both over Zoom. Andrea from Raleigh, North Carolina. And Meredith from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, let's jump right in. Let's go to our chat. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, congratulations on your uh, 400 miles. My little 400 miles with my little assist. But my legs were working, trust me. 400 miles is 400 miles. <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a super athlete. 
<laughs> I mean, I haven't, I got that bike last year and I really, we went out some, but not aggressively like this time. It was good though. It was good. I'm ready to get back on it this week for sure. Good. So, yeah. Andrea, it's good to have you back. <laughs> and Meredith, welcome. It's great to have you both here. Yes, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So Andrea, last time that we spoke, you were getting ready to round third and head for home. Uh, <laughs> On yeah. the whole marathon thing, you had like four more to go. We talked in January of 2022. And when we talked in November and I aired it in January, but you are almost there. So real quick, tell me about May of last year when you achieved your goal, 50 marathons in 50 states, all while living with ALS. I mean, it was the most awesome um, experience uh, imaginable. That final race in um, Alaska was the hardest race that I had. Looking back, I wouldn't have won it in any other way, but what made it the most special is that we had almost 50 People make their trip to uh, southeastern um, Alaska to be with me as I did that uh, final race and talk about it takes a uh, village to... Uh, yeah, it takes a village. That was my uh, village coming together. Well, I know. I love that you had so many people there in Alaska and... I love, love, love that you set your mind to such a lofty goal and you achieved it, but also that you brought in so many people, including myself, and along for the ride and like just to invest in you and your spirit, like it was just so powerful and Thank you for sharing all of that with us. In the meantime, you finished the marathons and then you did this little documentary, (laughs) Go On, Be Brave. And now you put your experience and your journey so far into a book called Hope Fights Back, 50 Marathons and a life or death race against ALS. So before we get into the book and Meredith, your part in this venture, tell me about the movie, about the documentary, Go On, Be Brave. Like, what's going on with that right now? So we are um, thinking it on the road. We have 29 trainings scheduled between now and Thanksgiving. So we are going to be all over. And if we uh, don't come to your city, uh, now we have the option where you can host your own screening for your own 
community or even like host a house party. Right. The great way to um raise awareness, uh, raise uh, funds for less uh, uh, research and, you know, just uh, spread the word. I love that, that you've opened it up so that if someone cannot make one of the screenings, then they can host a house party or a personal event where we can show the film there. I like that. And I know here in Cincinnati, we're already talking about it. I have had uh, a couple of people reach out to me and say, hey, what about this? And I really would love to coordinate that when even you can come, but I know you can't be everywhere. So we can talk about that. And to my listeners, I will put a link in the show notes where you can get in touch with Andrea or her husband, Dave, that we talked to last year as well, and figure out how to organize bringing that film. Go on Be Brave in your city. So, okay. All right. And if that isn't enough, you wrote a book, a narrative. <laughs> you wrote a book. You guys wrote a book. <laughs> I uh, could not have done without Meredith. Yeah. So, oh, Meredith, tell me how. Well, how do you guys? How do you know each other? First of all, so years and years ago, like 2014, I had I was in the triathlon space, which is swimming, biking, and running, and I had a blog and I ran these coaching groups. And Andrea was in one of these groups that had like 3,000 people, mm-hmm. and she had finished her first half Ironman, and everyone, you know, she talked about the race, and everyone was like, "Yay, good job!" You know. <laughs> And then shortly thereafter, she posted, and I still have the post I went looking for um, when we started working together. And, and it was th- her announcement that she had been diagnosed with ALS. And from then on, like, we just all loved it. I mean, we loved her before, but like oh, really yeah. just embraced in, in her and and it just the little community that I had. We did some fundraisers and it really ra- raised awareness just in, in our little group. Um, and then we just stayed in touch. I mean, she would come to events and we just stayed in touch over the years and reconnected back during, during the pandemic. Um, she said she had a book started and you know, what, what should she do with it? (laughs) And, um, we kind of went back and forth. Like I would read some things and we were kind of like, just feeling it out, I guess. And then at some point I was like, Hey, why don't we just do this whole thing together and really go for it? And I'm going to probably push you and annoy you more than you'll ever imagine. You won't <laughs> like me at the end of it, because it's just going to take that. I just didn't want her to not be able to get it done and say what she wanted to say. And like, I just know how hard it is to, to get a book out. And I thought if, and, and, you know, I mean, you know, Andrea, if you meet her and she asks you to do something, even like quietly, you can't say no. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine if I'd have been like, no, nah, I don't know. Like, I just, I yeah. couldn't have lived with myself. It's just not. Andrea has magic. You will do what I say dust. And even though I haven't said it, you'll just do it. And that's kind of how it happened. And we were lucky enough to 
get a publisher that the, the publishing world for anyone that doesn't know is like the most glacial pace. It's probably like ALS research. I mean, they're probably in cahoots somewhere because oh. it is just glacial and to publish a book, you know, it's like two to three years oftentimes to oh, go wow. from start to finish. And um, luckily Pegasus books and our agent got this thing turned and I don't know, Andrew was, I, I keep saying nine months, but it was close to that. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. So it comes out September 5th and, um, yeah. we're still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you both look great. <laughs> oh yeah. So Meredith, this isn't your first book. So you knew the time and energy it would take to get it out there how was this book different than anything that you've done this book was hard, was the hardest so i've got two other books um but this was absolutely the most challenging not just for the time that we were turning it but because it you know it was andrea's story it was her words it was me trying to make sure that her voice was heard and and conveyed in a way that sounded like her, but in ways that would, you know, it, it was just very difficult from a writing perspective to quiet my voice. Cause obviously I'm very loud. You can already tell that. <laughs> so like how do, and, and Andrew and I went back and forth and we laughed all the time because she would read a sentence and she was like, no, this is not me. This not is me. you. And yeah. I'm like, but this right. is a great sentence. What? And she's like, no, I would never say that. And yeah. so we have, we could probably highlight three lines in the book that are not her, but she gave me because I thought they were so funny and would laugh every time. We would come across them, but I found, um, and I, I wrote about this in the acknowledgments that when I agreed to work on the book with Andrea, I had to kind of dissociate from a lot of the emotions that came with reading her story and, and the struggle from diagnosis to, um, to hope to the marathons, like all of it, I kind of found myself just being like, this is a job or writing a book. And then sometimes when it got quieter, like 2am, I would just like lose it. <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, my, you know, it, it was just, it, it was a roller coaster of emotions working on it because Andrea's words bring you into her story and it brings you into the roller coaster that has been, her life for the last nine years and or eight years, you know, pre pre diagnosis too. Um, and so the project was insane. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was insane when I look back on what we did together. It's I, I don't and I don't know, Andrea. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, uh, insane, but I am just I'm proud of it, and it's like. This is the only way that I really tell my story from my perspective fully. Like, the documentary is beautiful, and, you know, I captured a piece of their story. But it also, like, you know, I just, yeah, I cannot speak quickly enough to say what I really are. Thinking so, yeah. The book is deeper. Yeah, it was harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a few things I want to go back. You mentioned Meredith, like just the emotions around it, and 
First of all, thank you for sharing an advanced copy of the book. When I read it, I had all that, those emotions. I was so... Andrea, you get me crying. I <sighs> was so proud and... um See, she does this to you. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I was so proud and just... I was so inspired by the way that you continue to show up with the courage that you have and the vulnerability in the book and the honesty and your voices in that book. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you came through loud and clear to me. And so I really, really thought it was an amazing book. It is an amazing book. I can't wait to share it with so many people when it comes out. Obviously, I've got my book ordered and I'm going to be waiting for it early September. And then I wanted to say one other thing about the Meredith, you were saying how loud you were. And it reminded me to address the fact that Andrea's voice isn't as strong as it once was. So, to my listeners, that might not be familiar with ALS, one of the things that ALS can take from you is your ability to speak clearly and fully. And you hear that a little bit in my voice, and I feel it in my voice right now. And you also hear it in Andrea's as well. So, it's not that she's already celebrating my hit the bottle of tequila. She is straight up ALS right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrea, tell me about the moment that you were like, I just finished 50 marathons. Well, 51, and we'll talk about that. And I just did a documentary. And now, Dave... um. I also want to do a book. Like, when did you commit to that? Tell me about that moment. Well, I had a blog that I started out early on. I just to keep my friends and our family updated on what was going on with me. And then, you know, people responded to it, like, emotionally. And I realized that I can have an impact, not just with my racing and our challenging friends, how to race, but this was another way that I could raise awareness and hopefully I found more ALS. And my initial idea was that I was going to do a book with the chapters that had People doing interesting things with their lives while living with ALS. So, like you, I would have interviewed you. And, um, you know, how do you uh, keep going 19 years into uh, ALS? Like, how do you survive when so many of your friends are gone? Those were the questions that I wanted to answer for myself, but then also I am integrating 
that into the outbox, man, when I had decided to go after the alcohol of 15 marathons, then, you know, that became the horizon um, mm-hmm. of the uh, story. And not that 15 marathons in 50 states isn't amazing, but there's a lot more in the book. You know, it's not about just those races. It's yeah. like you said, it goes deep into all the experiences and all the different things that have come with it. And, you know, just with your journey so far, I'm going to read something that you wrote in the beginning of the book. In this journey, I have learned that hope is not a delicate, sweet thing. Rather, hope is powerful. Hope isn't weak. Hope isn't timid. Hope is a badass and brave warrior. My story is one of sadness, fear, laughter, and love. But really, it is a story about what happens when hope fights back. The name of the book, Hope Fights Back. Yeah. Tell me about how you came up with the name of the book. Well, Andrea, I think you should start and then I'll comment. (laughs) I mean... That had always been my vision for the title because hope was the first thing to go. When you are diagnosed with ALS and there is no treatment, no care, like why bother with hope? Hope is just something that will break your heart over and over again. The best that I was striving for was acceptance. Accepting that I was going to die. Accepting that I could still live a life while I was winding down and needed more help. But, you know, through the love that surrounded me and just through the artwork of my own, I read about ALS that um, happens to uh, respond to gentle, careful, strength-building exercise. I realized that there was so hope I can lean on that to further my journey. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Meredith, do you want to say that? when Andrea gave me like the first draft of the book, like the, I opened it up, I read the title. I was like, well, we're going to have to do away with that title. And I like kept reading. Cause I was like, I don't know what this means. What does hope fight back mean? What does it uh-huh. mean? Um, You're like, I'm already changing it. I was already changing it, but that's me. I mean, you know, you know me, I'm like, I'm just very fast and very, uh, and that that's helpful in a lot of ways. But like, if we could be a bigger paradox, you know, Andrea and I, there's not one to to do a, a project. But when I first saw the title, I thought, I don't I don't know what this means, but you know, whatever. But as we worked through her story, I, I got it. I got exactly what she felt and what she went through. And and that's really one of the biggest messages from the book is like what happens when you move 
beyond just accepting, you know, even for people outside of the ALS community, we're, we're all ending up in the same place. It's just ALS is far more brutal and, and horrible to get there, but everyone has an end point. And what happens if you just give up on, in your life and, and don't hope for something, don't set goals, don't um, do what you can with the body you have. And what does that look like? And I think in the book, Andrea says, hopelessness will kill you faster than any disease ever will. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I was like, oh, this is a good title. Did I think of this title? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and that was it. And Andrea knew all along. And that's, again, just a testament to who she is. I mean, she has this very deep inner knowing and wisdom that comes through. And, you know, I, I didn't have anything to complain about when we started working on the book, but I was just in like the doldrums, just in the pits. And every time we would work together, it was like, get yourself together. You know, you've got to set a goal. You've got to do something. And and that's what the book inspires for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you read the book and you're not inspired to follow your heart, drop the excuses and just go make something happen. Reread the book. Yeah. Um, Meredith, tell me a little bit about the process, uh, about how, I joked with Andrea when I, and I don't know, I'm, I'm good to say it on the podcast. We probably wouldn't say it on the tonight show, but um, <laughs> you know, when, when we first got, when she first sent me pages, most books are like 60 to 90,000 words. Right. And I think she gave me 120,000 words and that was not even the marathons. <laughs> and I, I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> you know, and David <sighs> joked on when we sh- he did the unboxing video um, that this was like a Tolstoy <laughs> volume. <laughs> and so the first thing I did, and I got this from my editor who used to say, I'm going to take an axe to this book. And oh. so I told Andrea, I was like, I'm about to take an axe to this and I'll save it all. But, you know, we may never look at it again. And it was very painful for her. I know, because like she said, this is the only way I can say what I need to say. And I'm like, yes, I know, but we have to condense, condense, condense. And so a lot got cut. Mm. Um, But I think it, I think in the cutting, she could see, well, like I told her, I was like, okay, so we have like 30,000 words for you to do the marathons. And she's like, is that all? (laughs) (laughs) And so the process was very, so that tried to be gentle, but also very guiding because I knew what we had to to present to a publisher and I knew the can, you know, what we we had to do from a writer's standpoint. But I yeah. think so so what it kind of looked like is she would give me a draft of a chapter, like once we got the big kind of structure in place, which that's a whole nother ball game. I don't believe in structure. Andrea believes in structure. So try write a book with two people <laughs> like that. Um, I'm like, let's just write and be free. And Andrea's like, where's our structure? And so we went back on back and forth on that sometimes. But in the end, she was right. We did need a little bit of structure. Yeah. Um, but it looks like she would send me toward the end, like here's here's marathons 30 through 40. And then I would look at them and I would acts a lot (laughs) and then she would come back and say no this goes back and I would say no we cut and so we would negotiate (laughs) almost like what stayed and what went and that was kind of it and then toward the end we had 
a maybe 10 days to do a full read and push and edit. And I got COVID like five days before it was due. Oh, no. And Andrew was like, what are we going to do? We need an extension. I was like, oh. I have COVID. You have ALS. I'm sorry. Am I going to get oh. an extension <laughs> for my COVID? Like, oh. I mean, but it was just that kind of thought process. Like I have COVID and Andrea has ALS and I'm not going to be like, I need to take some naps and lay down. Like Uh it it was just always this urgency (laughs) to work and live and do all the things to get it done. And it was amazing. We were very happy when we submitted it. There's a very cute video on Instagram about it, but. Oh, oh, I'll have to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a full book, but it was an easy yet hard, you know, read. And I think it turned out perfectly for sure. And I think that was part of, I mean, when Andrea told me she wanted, she wanted her book to be different than any other ALS memoir in that the title is Hope Fights Back. So it didn't, she didn't want it to, to just be all the darkness of ALS, but also yeah. funny and and yeah. funny and sad and inspirational. Um, yeah. and, and, and even in the book. And relatable, relatable, right. Relatable. And it is. It's relatable. And it translates very well outside of our community to whatever you're going through. And so that's why when I think about buying the book, Hope Fights Back, and giving it to people, I'm not thinking about people with ALS. I'm thinking about people who have that barrier that this is where I'm at and this is where I'm staying. It's just the way it is. So I love that I kind of got that out of it. Like that it appeals to so many people outside of our world. What were the hardest topics to write about? Andrea? Our decision not to have kids. That was really hard. At first, when I was diagnosed, like that was gone immediately. When we thought that my progression would be really fast, but even five years later, when we were like, well, you're still doing marathons, and why can't we do this? And really, I had to grapple with the fact that I wouldn't be able to raise a baby, like, I walk with a walker. I fall a lot. I have trouble moving quickly. Like, I couldn't keep a child safe. That was really hard for me to realize. And that was definitely the hardest part of the book to read. You had to make a tough decision not to have children. And when I read that, I thought about all the young women that have ALS and find themselves not only living with ALS, but unable to be a mom because of everything that ALS takes. And I mean, you were 33 when you were diagnosed. So, and then the letter that you wrote to Dave with his options about his life, you know, because you wanted to give him that opportunity to walk away if he wanted children in his life, knowing that you couldn't 
do that. So, and he said, nah, baby, nah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) It was interesting, just as a a side note, I knew that chapter was coming because I did the reading of the audio book and um, I knew that chapter was coming. And so I like really prepared myself and I got through that chapter without crying. I never thought I would. And I was telling Andrea and Dave, I can't remember where in the book I was reading that I broke down, but it was somewhere that just came out of <laughs> nowhere. And I'm just, I'm doing the reading the audiobook and just like lost it. And that is what's so interesting about the book. I mean, the, the chapter you're referencing Andrea, when did you write it? Like a week before the book was yeah. due. I mean, she put oh. it off and put it off and then was like, oh. threw it at me at like two in the morning. <laughs> and oh. I woke up to it at like six and was brushing. I remember I was brushing my teeth, reading it in the bathroom just to get ahead <laughs> oh. of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know what oh. I mean? It, and so it is that. Oh. It's a great chapter, but heartbreaking. Yeah, but. for sure. For sure. I wanted to talk about Race 51 real quick, that chapter, about Boston. Although you already had done a marathon in that state, you wanted, of course, to accomplish being a part of the Boston Marathon. And am I right in recapping by saying they wouldn't let you? And so... Since they wouldn't let you be an official part of the race, you went a day early and took over the route and did your own Boston Marathon by riding the route the day before the actual race. You simply took over the route. on your own Andrea do you want me to give like the quick like Boston background Lori if you want me to so um, Boston made great strides um, a few years ago in like creating certain categories where they could include um, certain adaptive vehicles or certain ways to or programs for people with disabilities neurological disorders could participate in the Boston Marathon Andrea's trike did not fall into any of those allowable categories. However, Boston Marathon has 6,000 available entries to give away to whom they desire. And so Andrea sent them an email saying, look, I've done all these races. My number one priority is safety. Um, This is my time. I have qualified under the rules of your adaptive program by hours. And so she thought, well, of course they're going to let me in because yeah. this is the way my ALS works. My power is in my legs, not in my arms. And so when she got the rejection, she was like, well, I think I'm just going to go ahead and go do this course anyway, the day before your race, Boston. And so part of her book and our chapter that we put together is very much saying eyes on you, Boston, because you made a wrong call here. And what are you going to do about it? And so Andrea paved the way. And now you tell the story. <laughs> I just want to give that background. Yeah, it's like yeah a, no, no, that's that perfect. Yeah, thank you. I think I would not have done that early on. You know, I was a rule follower um, <laughs> from a very young age. And um, 
but that rule is just bothering me. This was when he was 22 and so they were celebrating 50 years of women being allowed to do their Boston Marathon. So they made a wrong call yeah. the year before. And so in my mind, this is a wrong call. And, um, you know, we would love for the uh, Boston Marathon for everyone to be able to aspire to uh, do it, utilizing their abilities. And if they have demonstrated uh, safety, there is a difference between exclusive and um. What am I trying to say, Randa? Uh, exclusionary. Oh, exclusionary. Yeah, the difference between exclusive, meaning like prestigious and prestigious. I never know how to say that word. But like, you know, one of the big races versus exclusionary. And the way that their rules worked, it just excluded Andrea. And like she said, they were celebrating 50 years of women being able to run, but not Andrea, who's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> And, right. um, you know, really... A proven athlete. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think at the end of the day, that chapter calls for Boston to take a look at each case individually when someone sends them an email and asks to be included in one of their 6,000 spots yeah. <laughs> that they take a look and, and see. And it was very dismissive of what they did to Andrea. And so she, being Andrea, she went ahead and did it anyway. And that is amazing and i want to add this because it's it's so touching at the end of the marathon her friend from college oh yeah brought over like she saw him on the course oh. during the race and couldn't quite place him because she's like know that guy but don't know where and, and uh -huh. then at the end of the finish line he came up to her and she said oh gosh ryan and you know she placed ryan there and he handed her his boston finisher medal from 2015 was it yeah and put it around her neck and i mean that might have been where I cried reading it, but I know oh. in the documentary, it's just like incredible to see. And then oh. he points out, well, it has the wrong year on it <laughs> and everyone laughs. But yeah. I mean, she finished the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Period. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Despite all that, you know, with the organizers of that race, Andrea, like, it's just another example of... If it is in your heart, you'll find a way. Yeah. Something you believe in, and rightly so, believing that it would have been the right move to accept you into the actual race. Just make it happen. Um, How inspiring would it be for anyone uh, newly diagnosed with uh, ALS to watch? Someone with ALS who has been living with it for eight years to do the Boston Marathon. Like, if I had seen that when I was first diagnosed, that would give me so much hope for the future. And that yeah. is legacy that I want to leave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, you've done that. Despite that official 
participation or not. You've done it. You've done it. You've done it. You have definitely already set up your legacy to be never give up, never quit trying. There's always a way. Yeah, and I really like how, you know, we're talking about inspiration, how you were inspired by John Blaze, who finished the Ironman World Championship with ALS and rolled on the finish line, you know, and you are inspired by him. And I am inspired by you daily. And so I love this ripple effect and the example that you're setting as far as getting hope and encouragement and strength from each other. So thank you for that, Andrea. And I was uh, inspired by you. One of the uh, first I spoke in a challenge videos that I saw when I was newly uh, diagnosed was yours and how you were still talking and uh, advocating nine years into our illness at that point. And that is something that gave me hope for the future. I was like, well, I want to be like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As you will be. (laughs) Aw. I pray you outlive my 19 years by many, many, many. And thank you for that. I'm so happy that we have been able to lift each other up over these years. So... At the end of every episode, (laughs) I ask the same question. Andrea, what are you dying to tell us? I am dying to uh, tell you that your story is not yet written. Only you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your story isn't done being written. And you can help rewrite it. Just like you do over and over and over again. Meredith, what are you dying to tell us? I'm dying to tell everyone that Andrea P. is a fantastic author. And everyone should buy 10 copies of this book and donate them to your library and give them to everyone you know. Because this is truly one of those books that will change your life no matter where you are in your journey of life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It can definitely change you. And I'm so proud of you, Andrea, Meredith, both of you. Thank you for putting all the time and energy and speed (laughs) into bringing this book out. And hey, Andrea, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a threat to... Do a marathon on every continent. A marathon on every continent. He says it would only be six more races since (laughs) continents are easier than states. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A marathon on every continent. I'm coming to Antarctica. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm going to put links in the show notes on how to get connected. If you want to bring the film, go on, be brave to your community. 
of course, how to get the book. Meredith, what's the best place to go to get the book? So Hope Fights Back is available September 5th, wherever you love your books. So online bookstores and on electronic version, Kindle, Apple Books, and also audiobooks. So just wherever you like to buy your books, you should be able to get it. And if they don't have it, you can ask them to order it. Oh, nice. Okay, great. All right. Thank you, ladies. This has been super fun. Uh, thank you again, Meredith and Andrea, for creating this beautiful book, Hope Fights Back. Thank you, Andrea, for always continuing <laughs> to have the courage to speak up, speak out about your journey with ALS and giving so many of us living with ALS or any other obstacle, giving us hope and really encouraging us to fight back against whatever adversity we have. I'm so, so proud of you. (laughs) And I am so happy to share this conversation and introduce your new book, Hope Fights Back, to everyone who is listening. So, okay, go buy the book. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, okay, if you are new to this podcast, I'm happy that you're here. If you want to connect and see who or what is coming up next, you can follow me pretty much everywhere on social media, everything at I'm Dying to Tell You podcast. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok as well. And if you love this podcast and you want to help tell other people that it would be worth listening to, It would be absolutely amazing if you could consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast. It would be a great way to help get Andrea Pete's story out there and share her beautiful spirit and inspiration with the world. So thank you so much for taking time to do that if you decide to. Oh, and I also mentioned my previous chat with both Andrea and Dave Pete early last year in 2022. If you missed that and you want to catch it, it is episode number 45 and it is titled Andrea Pete 50 Marathons in 50 States with ALS. If you want to go back, that'll help you find it quickly. And that chat was more about her finding out about her diagnosis, about how she met Dave and their love story and her inspiration to even take on this goal of the marathons. So more of that is a backstory of Andrea's journey. Okay. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast to listen to. Until next time, know 
You are loved and not alone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our mom. Make sure to visit her website at imdyingtotellyoupodcast.com where you'll find photos and show notes about this episode. If you liked the show, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. 